So last night, the story of Klai Yisrael's repeated mistakes, which led to them once again being subjugated to this time to Midian. And we saw after seven years, eventually, they, they cried to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And Hashem's response to them is to send the Navi, which we saw as Pinchas, to tell them that they have to, they have to do Tshuva. The Navi doesn't tell us the next step whether all the clients were actually paid attention to what the, the, man, the Navi was telling them. And we'll see from the continuation of the story, this is actually Machlokas in the Mepharshim, whether they did Shavu or not. So we're holding in Perek Vav, Pasuk Yudalif, and the Pasuk starts, Vayovi Malach Hashem. The Malach of Hashem comes, Vayeshev Tachasu'ele Hashem Ba'afra. Literally, Vayeshev normally means to sit, but in the context here, it means to stay, to remain. The reason for that is because we don't find anywhere in Tanakh, where Dak points out, that Malachim can sit. Whenever we talk about Malachim, we talk about Malachim standing. And not only that, uh, and not only that, when it talks about the Malachim, it says, which is why in Shmona Yashar, for example, a person has to stand with both feet straight together, because that's similar to how Malachim stand. So we don't find Malachim can sit, and therefore the Mephoshim of Asiyah says, Radak says, that we don't, it doesn't mean yeshiva, it doesn't mean sitting, it rather means to remain somewhere. Even if you come in the form of a person, like Babylonian, and you sit and eat, it's It says they ate. But it could be different when they come in human form, here he came as a Malach. And... Therefore, he remained under the Eila. The Eila is a tree. We'll see which tree it was in the moment. Asher Ba'afra offers a place which is Asher Yoyash Avi Ezri. Yoyash was Avi Ezri, or Avi Ezri is one of the families of Shevet Menashe. So this was the tree of Yoyash. It's part of that family. The Gidon Benoi, the son of Yoyash. Choyvet Chitim Bagas, Lahonis Midian. He was threshing the wheat in the gas, a gas is a place that normally is used for, gra- for squeezing grapes. And it's not a normal granary which a person would use to thresh wheat. But the reason that he was using that was because we saw previously that Midian used to come and steal all the food, either for themselves or to destroy it. And therefore, if he would be threshing wheat in the field, which would be the normal place to do it, the Midian would have found out about it and they would have come to confiscate it. And uh, the mailer of threshing wheat in the gas, in the place where they press the grapes, is because we know that it's a different time of year when they harvest the wheat and when they harvest the grapes. The time of the harvest of the wheat is Shavuot's time. Like we know it's the time of Shnei Alechem. And the harvest of the grapes is at the end of the summer. And therefore the Midianim wouldn't assume anybody would be using the wine press at that time of year, so Gideon could think that he could safely use it for wheat and no one would notice. Now, why the... Why was the Malach remaining Tachas Leila? In other words, it shows us that he came there. If Ayeshev, as Radak explains, means to remain there, to wait there, what was the Malach waiting for? So, the Zosef called the Mishma Sezav, Yishukai Chalinach, this is a very interesting shot. And he said the Malach was coming to show something. That normally when the Malach comes, the Malach gets to the point. He comes to deliver a message or to do something. So he doesn't come to wait. He comes to do what he's instructed to do. Whereas over here, the Malach specifically came to wait. What was he waiting for? He was wait, the Malach was waiting to be noticed. 
instead of him coming to do the job that he was meant to do as a malach, he was specifically waiting to, for someone to notice him. And the Mishra Sazav explains that the reason why the malach would be doing that, this was a message from Hashem. And that is that it was after having sent the Navi to tell Klai Yisrael that they're meant to be doing tshuva. So what Hashem is showing them by sending the malach to wait until they recognize the malach is that Hashem is waiting to save them. And it's up to them. Hashem is waiting for them to recognize him and then he'll save them. So obviously Hashem can't appear on his own to people. Hashem can't see Hashem. But sending the malach was sending an agent to show them exactly this lesson. The malach's here, he's waiting. But he's waiting for you to recognize him. And that was meant to be the symbol to Klai Yisrael that our prophets are ready. He's waiting to save you. But it's waiting for you to recognize that. And so that's why the malach came and he waited. Why was he waiting Tachas Eilo? So we're going to see later on in a few second time that Yoyash Avio Ezri, the father of Gedon, was really the principal over the Vodazara in Shavit Menashe. He was the, I don't know if he was the chieftain or he was the priest or whatever it's going to be, but he was the, the person, so to speak, most responsible for the Vodazara, like we'll see. And one of the Vodazaras that they had at the time was called the Nashera. The Shara was a tree which they used to worship, either the worship the tree itself or worship the Vodazara under the tree. Now, like the man is going to tell Gideon about the few second time. This Ayla was the tree which was worshipped. So the Malach came to wait under the tree which was worshipped and basically to show that that he's, instead of them turning to Avodah they should recognize that the Malach is there and they should turn to Hashem instead of looking to Avodah to help them. Like we spoke about, that was a mistake. How did the people know that the Malach is a Malach? We'll see. We'll see. The people didn't. With Gideon, as we'll see, he was one who recognized the Malach. Now, there's another point here as well. And that is, the, seemingly, a person would have to be on a certain level to see a Malach. Not everybody is able to see Malach. And Klaishal weren't on that level. Klaishal wasn't on that level. So why here was Gideon specifically able to see a Malach? So Chazal asked the question in the Midrash. And Chazal said, what's the cost of Gideon having a Zerchot to see a Malach? And Chazal say a very interesting thing. Chazal say that Gideon did a mitzvah. And the mitzvah that Gideon did was he kibbled Avayim. What was the mitzvah that he did? Really, this idea of using the grape, the wine press to, to crush wheat, to harvest the wheat, was uh, taking a chance. Because even though they thought that they would be protected from Midian, but there was the danger that the Midianim would catch them. And Yoyash, Gideon's father was the one who was originally trying to thresh the wheat in the wine press, and his son Gideon comes to him and he says that I'm faster than you, I'm younger than you, and if someone needs to run away from the Midianim, I'll be better able to run than you. So therefore, let me take the risk of threshing the wheat instead of you, because if the Midianim catch us, I'll, I'm, I'm faster, I have a better chance of escaping them. And that's what the Pasuk says, Lahonis Midian, which means to run away from Midian. And it's, the Midrash says it's explaining why Gideon was threshing the wheat instead of Yash. It was really Yash's field, it was his wheat. So why was his son doing it? Because it was a way that he was able to run away from Midian. Rashi brings the chalik of this Midrash in the second half. He says, You're old and if the enemies come, you won't be able to run away. Therefore, let you go and let me do it because I'm better able to run. So that was a certain mitzvah of Kiravai. And because the Gideon had done a mitzvah, therefore he was zeichet to be the one to be able to see the malach. 
question? Yeah. Um, this uh, so, like we said, so therefore Chazal said that because of the schus of doing a mitzvah, Gideon was nechet to see a malach. Now, does a person need to be a novi in order to see a malach or not? This is the machlokes between the Rambam and the Ramban in, in Ikrim. The Rambam learns that seeing a malach is a certain level of nevah, and therefore a person has to be on a certain spiritual standing in order to be able to see a malach. The Ramban argues. It says, Re'iyas malachim doesn't necessarily mean a novi. Uh, the person could be seeing malachim even if he's not necessarily on the level of a novi. Regardless, whether it was the level Gideon was on or not, the man said he was, uh, let's say, more right than anybody else at this stage as a Klai Yisrael. And therefore, if Hashem to choose somebody to be the the emissary of the side of Klai Yisrael, so he was the best suited for the job, even if he wasn't on the level for it. That's one of the Rabban's rise. The Rabban brings rise from Hagar, from Leighton, from Yishmael, from other people who saw Malachim, it seems, even though they weren't necessarily in the Darg of Anavi. Right. That's where the Rabban is, not the Torah there. Okay, so that's the... Lavan wasn't a Navi. Okay. Even though he got a that was like, we find sometimes the Chazal say that even a person who wasn't deserving of Nevo, when Hashem had to step in to protect Klai Yisrael, so they became, he, he spoke to them, just like Abimelech. Abimelech, when he wanted to marry Sarah, so Hashem steps in and tells him in a dream, you're going to die. So not, not that Abimelech was a Navi, but it was necessary to protect Sarah. Okay. So, Vayera love Malach Hashem, then he sees the Malach, the Malach appears to him, Vayera and the Malach says to him, Hashem imcha gibarecha. Hashem is with you, gibarechael. Gibarechael is a title which means the person is strong. And uh, what did he mean by this bracha? So, there's two ways in the Foshim of explaining it. But before we get to the two ways in the Foshim, there's really a Mishnah. And the Mishnah says that we see, learn from this Pasuk, that the, the way to greet somebody else is with Shem Hashem. The last mission of Zechaz Bracha says that a person should be Shel B'Shem Chaver B'Shem, that a person should greet his friends using Shem Hashem. And one of the Pesukim it brings is that when the Malach greets Gidon, he starts with Hashem's name, Hashem Imcha Gibar uh, The other example is from Boaz, when he says uh, to the Koytrim, right, he says that Yivarecha Hashem, what's Hashem Yimachim, and uh, so we see there also the idea of greeting someone with Hashem's name, which we still do today. When you say to someone, Shalom Aleichem, right, which literally means it's a form of greeting, but Shalom is also one of the names of Hashem, or it's the titles of Hashem, and therefore it also fulfills the requirements of being greeting someone with Hashem. So that, that would be the first, in simple shots in the Pasuk, what the Mishnah learned the Pasuk to mean, and then it's a form of greeting. Why was it necessary to be to use Hashem's name to greet somebody? Why would that even be considered a misuse of Hashem's name just to use it in casual conversation? Why was that something which not only was we find that Malachim did, but it was something which they made a special takana about? So the Mufarshim on the mission explained that it was it was because at the same time it makes Shakilkulu Aminim, so this was one of the takanas they made to counter effect to counteract the effect of the minim. Which means one of the effects of the minim was that they didn't have a in Hashem, and therefore the fact that, like we say in Lashon Chazal, that a person is used to quoting Shem Hashem would make the Shem Hashem a reality that they'll be thinking about the whole time, rather than something which was denied by, like it was at the time in the Mishnah, or by the Stoikim or the Koifim who didn't believe in Hashem. And therefore here specifically it would be Nagar. 
where we have a generation which was, like we said, where idolatry was rampant, and no one really, well, not too many people, I should say, were loyal to Hashem. So it makes sense that that's why Dafki here, the Malach, used the Shem Hashem to greet Skirun with. Makes it clear. It's like Hashem is with you. And we'll see that Gideon doesn't just let this pass. He actually is going to challenge him. The Malach on this. The Malach says Hashem is with you. And Gideon is going to argue about it. Like we'll see in the next Pasuk. That's the first simple chat in the Pasuk. There are other, there's another two Malachim in the Pasuk. The one is that what the Malach was telling Gideon was you can become a Navi. You can become a Navi. To see a Malach, like you said before, it's Machlekes, but let's go according to Ramban now, that it doesn't necessarily mean a person's on the dark of a Navi if he sees a Malach. But what the Malach was telling him was, you can be, you can get to the stage where Hashem will appear to you also. And therefore it was a prediction for the future that Hashem imchik barachal means Hashem will be with you. So you will you will be zaycha to be a Navi. And that was, which later on, we'll see in, in the paragraph, people took him time, that Hashem directly speaks to him, not through the Malach. So this was the, the Malach preparing him in advance, so to speak, to become a Navi. That's uh, the second Malach in the Pasuk. The third Malach is the other way around. Why is he called Gibar Achayel? So if he's saying that the Malach was telling him to prepare himself to become a Navi, so he needs to, it needs Gibar, a person needs to work on himself. So he gives him the title, Gibar Achayel, you should be strong in order to develop yourself spiritually to become to become uh, a, a Navi. The third Mahalach is that the, this was the reward for the mitzvah that he did. We just said before that he replaced his father threshing the wheat because it was a way to protect his father and take the risk himself. And then the Malach complimented him with that and said, Hashem imchigibarachayu, as a reward for what you did, so Hashem will be with you. And why is he called Gibarachayu? Because if a person who's brave and was willing to risk being ch- attacked or chased by the Midianim, so that gives him the title of a gibber. Whichever Malach went to say in the Pasuk, what's very interesting is, is Gidon's response to the Malach. Gidon's response to the Malach. So there's two ways to understand it. There's a Pshat and then there's a Midrash. We'll look at the Pshat first in Pasuk is Gimel. And it says, Vayemir of Gidon. Gidon responds to the Malach and he says to him, Biadani. Biadani is a question of that kind of, uh, allow me to speak. Like we see, you heard this as the Yosef also, the other need, allow me to say what I want to say. Literally means, please, my master, but it was a way of introducing what he wants to say. And he said, you just said Hashem im Hashem is with you. So Gidon says to him, is Hashem really with us? If that's the case, if Hashem is with us, why then have we experienced all the suffering? If Hashem is with us, why are we being subjugated? Why are we being persecuted? And, second point, Where are all the miracles which our ancestors told us? To say, So if Hashem is with us, if He could take take us out of Mitzrayim, where is He now? And now Hashem has abandoned us, and He's given us in the hand of Midian. So what's Gideon trying to say? The Malach says, Hashem is with you. And Gideon challenges him. He said, if Hashem is with us, so why are we suffering? Now, how are we meant to understand this Pasuk? On the surface, it seems like he's complaining. He's clearly saying that Hashem is not with us because you see we're suffering. And that's the case. We see more that Hashem has abandoned us and that's why he's given us into the hands of Midian to oppress us. If that would be the way to read the Pasuk, 
then definitely it wouldn't be something complimentary for Gilad and Hashem wouldn't be happy with him either about it. It's like doubting the fact that Hashem is looking after us or saying if Hashem hasn't saved us, it must be he's abandoned us, which we know Hashem doesn't do. And therefore we have to understand that wasn't what Gilad meant. It wasn't what Gilad meant, he meant something else. And uh, there's two ways to explain it. Like I said, it's, it's just a chat of what the Pasuk says, and then there's an interesting midrash as well. So let's go with the chat first. And Gideon's way of asking the question on the chat was that, remember the Navi had just come beforehand, and the Navi had said to them, Hashem introduced himself as one who took us out of Mitzrayim and saved us from Mitzrayim and anybody else who oppressed us. That was why Hashem introduced himself to us. So based on what the Gideon had heard from the Navi, which everyone had heard from the Navi, so that's his question. And that is, if Hashem says that he's going to, he was the one who saved us, took us out of Mitzrayim and saved us from all the ones who are oppressing us, then why are we being oppressed right now? And that's his question. Which is I call the but based on the way Hashem introduced himself in the words of the Navi, that I'm the one who's, who always has saved you. So then his question was, why isn't Hashem saving us now? The Midrash makes this question more of an initial question. And the Midrash says... Yeah, that he wasn't doubting. He wasn't doubting, is Hashem here or not? He was asking a question. He said, Hashem has introduced himself to us as the one who saves us. So why? that's why Hashem... So to speak, so to speak, reveals himself to Klai Israel as the one who saves Klai Israel. So why, why doesn't he want to save us now? So it was a question. It wasn't a question. Right, it wasn't a question. It was a question. Why, why, why isn't Hashem? But Hashem never said anything to do it immediately. No. Hashem, but, but, but Hashem never said anything. Hashem hasn't said that he's going to save them. He drew something in the past tense. I saved you from Israel anyone who oppressed you. I was going to pass like this. And that's the case. So the way Hashem reveals himself as, as the one who says this. So that's the case. Gideon is asking the question, why have we lost that protection? Why have we lost that level? He thought that Klai was on the level at that point. So the Mashmoz is that he thought that if he's asking the question, Klai Shal didn't deserve to be punished. And that brings us to the second deep of Shad, which I said is the Midrash over here. And that is Gideon came with the Mulandisha argument. The Midrash brings it, and Rashi brings part of it. But the Midrash Baruch says that Gideon said, to the Malachs, so I want to ask you a question. He said, in, in Mitzrayim, did Klai Yisrael deserve to be saved or not? Did Klai Yisrael deserve to be saved or not? Because, he says, if Klai Yisrael and Mitzrayim didn't deserve to be saved, and Hashem said in Apopi they didn't deserve it, so why were any different? We also didn't deserve to be saved. So if Klai Yisrael were saved then, even though they didn't deserve it, why were any different? Why shouldn't Hashem save us too? And, if Klai Yisrael and Mitzrayim didn't deserve to be saved, what changed? At the beginning, they were also punished. At the beginning, they were also in Godless. And so, so, in other words, there was a process where 
they would definitely deserve to be punished. They were in Gaza for 210 years. And then if that's the case, if Klayashal did deserve to be saved, after that, something must have changed in Klayashal that now they did something to deserve to be saved. So he says, so why doesn't then that their schus help us also you know, change whatever we need to change in order to be saved? Now what do you mean by that second part of the argument? So the Rashi brings interesting Yiddish. It's an interesting Yiddish not just because it tells us about Gidon, but it tells us something about, about the myths of, of Sibri Sias Mitzrayim. And Rashi brings a Yiddish like this. Gidon says to Malach was Pesach, and he says, Emesh Shekroni Abu Sahadel. Last night, you know, the Seder table, his father had read him Halel, uh, and the story of, you know, there's a whole story of Sias Mitzrayim. And here Gideon had a question. And that is, what are we thanking Hashem for by Mitzrayim? Because something changed. There was a period of Mitzrayim when they were punished. Not just for seven years, like here. Kaddish was being subjugated by Midian for 87 years. The oppression of Mitzrayim, the goddess for 210 years, but the actual oppression, the slavery was 87 years in Mitzrayim. And for that amount of time, Kaddish was being persecuted and being enslaved and being killed and whatever it's going to be. And they had children thrown into denial. And then Hashem said this. So he says, Lemaise, when we thank Hashem on Mitzrayim, what are we thanking Hashem for? Are we thanking Hashem for doing something to help Klai Yisrael change that they deserve to be saved? Or are we thanking Hashem for saving us even though we didn't deserve to be saved? In other words, let's understand where Gideon's coming from. He sees Klai Yisrael in a position now that they're being oppressed again. And that's now like the way the Midrash is learning that Gideon understood Klai Yisrael have a virus and Klai Yisrael don't deserve to be saved. But it says, let's think about Mitzrayim. Was Mitzrayim so different? We were oppressed in Mitzrayim too. And then also, we, obviously, there was the reasons why we were being oppressed. So what changed? Where did the Gola come from? So we're thanking Hashem for taking us out of Mitzrayim. Are we saying that even though we didn't deserve it, Hashem, you took us out of Mitzrayim? And if that's the case, so why, why is there any difference? If Hashem was willing to take us out of Mitzrayim then, even though we didn't deserve it, so why isn't Hashem willing to take us out of the Goddess we're in now, even though we don't deserve it? And if you're going to say no, something changed, they did deserve it. So what are you thanking Hashem for? Uh, now no, they don't deserve to be time anymore. Ella, what we have to say is HaKadosh Baruch Hu set that process in motion. Now Hashem made them change that they would now deserve to come out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, why does Hashem do the same thing again? So maybe we don't deserve it. But whatever Hashem did in Mitzrayim, why Hashem do the same thing now also? What's the MS? What's the MS by Mitzrayim? The Emes is both sides of truth. We find Chazals going both ways in Mitzrayim. There was the Chazals which says the Klai Yisrael at Erem the area you had no Shkosim, so you didn't deserve to come out. So why did Hashem take us out of Mitzrayim? Because he made a promise to the Avos, because he made a, he gave a time to Avraham Avinu, because he wanted the Klai Yisrael to receive the Torah at a later stage. There are lots of reasons given of why Hashem took a Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, even though they didn't deserve. <coughs> so we find a, a, a sad and understanding Mitzrayim like that also. The Kaisha didn't deserve to come out, and Afal Pekin Hashem took them out in the other way. We also find Chazal in a number of places that say that Akkadish Baruch saw they had no Shosim, so he gave them Shosim. He gave them Dam Pesach, and he gave them Dam Mila, and that gave them the Shosim, and that said Pasuk Nechaskel, Vayimalach B'damai Chayi, Vayimalach B'damai Chayi, and Dam Pesach and Dam Mila. And therefore, Beshos, the opportunities Hashem gave them, they now deserved it. But it wasn't from their doing, Hashem set it up for them. So we see the second side as well. And that is that we came out of Mitzrayim with Shosim, but only because Hashem gave us those Shosim. So this was a good on Safek. 
Kedem Safek was, which way is it? Is it, uh, was it, what, what, what we thank Hashem for, for taking us out of Mitzrayim, because we didn't deserve it, and Hashem took us out even though we didn't deserve it, or Hashem changed things that we did deserve it. And now, the important point is the Kedem brings it to his situation. And if that's the case, if we're in Godless now, so now which way is it going? Why, why, why is it any different? Why is it any different? If Hashem said them that they didn't deserve it, so we also apply Israel. Why does Hashem save us too? And if the, Hashem is not going to save someone if they don't deserve it, but in Mitzrayim it came that Hashem organized that they should change. He set it up for them to change. Why does Hashem do that for us too? What's the insight? We see a deeper depth, a deeper shot now, an idea of what it means that a person is a Kiddo who asks me what's in Mitzrayim. In other words, the Gideon could have heard the Haggadah the night before the night of Pesach, like that's in Klai Yisrael who reading the Haggadah. And that doesn't necessarily translate into what from if Hashem did then, Hashem should do now. It doesn't, people don't actually make the connection that just like Hashem said in Mitzrayim, so what's different, what's changed? And therefore there was a certain cue of the Chiyu, of a person to see Kiyu Hashem took us outside of Mitzrayim, to transfer the situation of Mitzrayim to the situation we're in. What's different? What's different? There's a question. That why shouldn't we be saved as well? Why would the Mitzrayim be in a better position than we are? Now, again, there, you, one could find differences. That's not the point. But the idea is that he understood that if, just like Hashem saved us then, so we expect, either way around, however we're going to look at it, Hashem to save us now. Now, with that understanding of Chazal, we can read the Pasuk again. Understand how the two parts work together. The first point is when he starts the Pasuk. So, Abib Shat, the way he read it was, Gideon asked the question. He says, Is Hashem with us? In other words, the Nanach to say Hashem Imcha is asking the question, Is Hashem with us? Then why does this all happen to us? So, the second way of reading the Pasuk is Gideon's asking the two sides what he's not sure about. He says, if, we, if we, we, there's a way for us to deserve to be saved, it runs, is with us because we deserve it. Then why does everything happen to us? Why isn't that working to save us? And if we don't deserve it, then here's the second way. Where all the niflois, which means on his own, without doing anything. So it wasn't that we did something that we deserved it, but we heard about the miracle Hashem did that he took us out on his own without deserving it. What happened to that? So either way around, why is Hashem now giving us the, the Kaf Midyan? So now, it's interesting, the Gideon had asked the question to the Malach. And now we're going to see that the response isn't from the Malach, the response is from Hashem. In Pazuk Yudalad, Vayifan alav Hashem. Hashem turns to him, Vayayme. Hashem says to him, Laich b'koich chazeh v'shat esisra. In Kaf Midyan, Halayish l'achticha. Go with the koyach of what you just said, and you'll save Kali Yisrael. Halosh Shachticha, I've sent you. In other words, this wasn't what was meant, what was expected to happen next. The Malach had come to prepare him to, to get Nebuah, and you see right away Hashem responds to him. The notion of Ayifen, um, whenever it comes in, in the Nach, of Ayifen and of Hashem, Hashem turns to him, it was something which wasn't expected to happen. You know, that, that uh, Hashem wasn't waiting to speak to him. Hashem turned to him, his figures he was describing, it's like when you're not facing somebody and you turn to face them, that's like you say, Hashem turns to face us. In the time when, 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 when Hashem wants to speak to us, so to speak, or give us something, 
I did it wasn't like that before. And therefore the idea here also, Vayif and Rav Hashem is, Ba'atsim he didn't deserve to have Nebo yet. He wasn't on the level that Hashem was wanting to speak to him. But as a result of what he said, so Hashem turns to him. Now Hashem now gives him Nebo, and Hashem turns to him, What is the Koyach? what? So here we see a Yisrael Gadol, um, the Midrash Nechumah says, the fact that you were Tevei the Hashem Shosevus. In other words, in Achinami, Gideon could have understood, maybe he did understand, that Klaishal don't deserve to be saved. But if that's the starting position, so then you could justify, okay, we deserve to be goddess, we don't deserve to be saved, and we, we don't expect anything. The fact that Gideon came the other way around, and he said, Akadosh Baruch on the contrary, we don't understand why you're not saving us. Manashach, either way around. Either if you don't deserve it, we know worse than the Mitzrayim, we also didn't deserve it. And if you did something to help them deserve it, you can help us too. So that way of looking at it, in other words, the expectation that Hashem has to save us, that itself gave, gave him the koyach to be the one to say, to put into action and to save Israel. In Mitzrayim, we still had a void of Kashem for 1776 or probably nine years. Did Hashem just take us out? That was because Hashem waited for that, like we said yesterday. Which took him now, this brings us to your slide, which we'll talk about more in the next year, Be'ez Hashem. There's a Muslim which we see from Gideon, or learn from Gideon, and that is the concept of that expecting to be saved, Tifisul Yeshua. We don't always understand what the concept of Tifisul Yeshua means. The person has to wait for the redemption. It's not just a vote of, well, we know one day the redemption is going to come, so we're hanging in there until Hashem decides to bring it. Tifisul Yeshua is to come with a sad why Hashem should save us. Why, to ex- why we can expect it. So if you save it for something, it's superior, means to look forward to it, to await it, not just to know it's going to happen. And therefore the knowledge that there's going to be Mashiach isn't enough. That's Imunah. We know that the, we promise Hashem will save us, we know it. The Tzipiyah, the Yeshua means to try and understand or explain or clear why, why it has to happen. Why Hashem needs to save Kala Yisrael. And as we see by Gideon, that it wasn't just a shadow of, well, we know Hashem will save us in Israel, we'll assume he'll save us again. No, that, comes, that generates the expectation. Why is Hashem not saving us? Why is Hashem not saving us? It's, some, it's an active TPO that, as we told the Malach, we're waiting to be saved. Well, what's happened? Why is Hashem helping us? That itself, the response was, with, with that mindset, Hashem sends Gideon to be the Mashiach. This is something we see in a number of Gedali Israel throughout the Jairus. That the expectation for Mashiach wasn't just in the Gedali of Imuna. We know one day there will be Mashiach. No, it was an active question. Hashem, why aren't you sending Mashiach? Why aren't we doing it to? to try and explain why, why it should come now. Why, why are we being with Satan? Why are we waiting for it to come out now? Whatever the reason is going to be. We found it in the Rishonim. That uh, the Yad on the Rishonim writes, he said that Batsim is waiting for Mashiach because you can't understand why Mashiach hasn't come yet. Because whatever the Gemara said has to happen before Mashiach came, it's happened. So, you know, what, what's going on already? Why, why has Mashiach come? That, in other words, Sipia means something active. We, we, and we actively anticipating Mashiach. Why? It's like we see from Gideon, because he had an argument, he had an understanding of why he expected Mashiach to come. In his time, that meant the Yeshua. And that's what it enabled him to be the one to be Mashiach Yisrael. Hashem said, I'm sending you to be the one to, to save Israel.